Welcome to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I'm Christopher Dedan, founder and CEO of Devian Enterprises, Inc. We are committed to optimize people's performance with tools such as peak performance speaking, coaching, and consulting programs for a worldwide international community. We believe that the only difference between where you are and where you want to be is acquiring the knowledge you need and consistently utilizing that knowledge to become a peak performing individual in every area of your life. Stick around until the end of the show where we will reveal how you can become the next guest on the fastest growing inspirational educational podcast on the planet in 20 to 30 minutes. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I'm your host, Christopher Dedian, and today I have Ashley Ann, who is the owner of AAS Enterprises, which is a social media management and consulting company. Ashley, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic. How are you doing? I am blessed. Thank you for asking. I'm really excited to have you on the podcast as we're going to talk about a lot of things in regards to growth of business, sales, through through social media, how to leverage that, and so much more. But before diving into all that fun subject over there, I gave a small introduction of who you are and what you do. Do you mind unpacking that a bit more for our viewers and listeners? Yeah. So, uh, hey, everybody. Hey, y'all. Hey, so nice to meet y'all. I am Ashley Ann. I'm better known as King Ashley Ann, social media streets. Um, I love everything about business and helping people make money doing things that they love to do or that they feel like they're called to do. Um, I'm really proud uh, that God has allowed me to be, you know, a positive impact on so many people. I've helped over 700 clients hit six figures. Uh, to date, 157 of them have done um, over a million dollars in under a year. I have nine clients that have had million dollar months, and I currently have three clients that are earning over $10 million a year. So that is what I do. So yeah, um, and my channel focuses pretty much on, you know, marketing, money, my manifestation. Let's go. Okay. So there's a lot we're going to unpack there. First of all, congratulations for all your success and your uh, customer success. So as you're kind of dropping all that numbers of having so many uh, customers that are in a six figure, some of them in the seven figures, either monthly, yearly, and so on. How do you go about doing that? Let's, let's unpack that. So if we're saying that there is a new entrepreneur listening and is intrigued with this uh, way for you to help people uh, go to those financial levels, how do you go about doing that? Um, the first thing that I would really say, and I know people say this all the time, but find your niche. Like uh, the biggest mistake I see people making is trying to sell to everyone. And when you sell to everyone, you're really selling to no one. There's normally going to be one to three groups of people that are really interested in whatever your topic is. And this is even if you do commentary, right? Or you have a curation account, or if you have an actual physical product or your service provider, there's no way that, you know, everyone is going to be interested in it, um, specifically the way that you deliver it. Everyone's not automatically going to see value in whatever it is that you're bringing to the table. Um, and everyone's not going to be able to afford whatever it is as well. So then the second thing after finding the niche, I would say, like, let's realistically look at price points of that audience. Um, and that way you can create something or source something 
that is going to be within their range. They need to be able to exit with their disposable income is normally the best way to create longevity and sustainability. And then I would say if I was just kind of doing three top things, the third biggest thing is how do help them. Whether it is solving a problem, is it making them laugh? Um, is it answering a question? Is it uh, through tutorials? Does it save them time, money, something? But like literally every day you have to wake up and say, how can I assist my audience in some form or fashion? So I would say if you're kind of focused on those three things when you get started, it's going to be pretty easy to get to a profitable path. Okay. So I love that. Let me just re-highlight it for our listeners over here and our viewers. So first and foremost, like you said, very important, have your niche. Don't try to sell everybody. It's kind of like that old adage of trying to boil the ocean. Start by boiling a little bucket of water. And then from there, you'll be able to go further and further. So that's the first thing, understand your niche. Second thing within that, your niche, the people you're, you're working with, understand their disposable income, right? So if you're playing with people or your niche is people that are making, let's say, I don't know, a hundred thousand a year, if your service is a hundred thousand, it's going to be very difficult for those people to buy your services, right? So you have to understand their disposable income mm -hmm. and give a service product to that uh, uh, to that community. And third, and finally, which I think is probably one of the most important thing is bring massive value to your audience. So consistently looking at how do I bring value to my audience? How do I bring in that forefront to grow that audience? So I love the fact that you kind of broke that down in that three regards. Now, let's say somebody already knows their, their niche. They know their clientele. They've done their uh, client avatar. They have a pretty good target. But now they're in an aspect of they want to grow that. They want to get more sales. They have the product or service out there, mm -hmm. but they're having a hard time reaching that community as there's a lot of noise in the social world, right? There's more and more we get there. More and more people are in the same industry, which is okay. How do you go about standing out? How do you go about making those, let's say, six-figure months and beyond? Yeah, like the cream always rises to the top. And I actually, you know, I, I, I know people are like, oh, you know, especially when they talk about oversaturated markets, they're like, oh, it's so challenging, it's so difficult. No, it's not. Um, you know, whatever you tell yourself, that's what it is. And so really, the big advantage that I feel like any small business owner has right now is this, like what we're doing right now. You have the ability to interact directly with a client, your company, your brand, you know, your mission. Through social media, you're able to interact and engage with that client or that potential client every single day, right? These large corporations haven't quite mastered that. And so it makes you more competitive. So literally, who are you as a person? Who is your company? You know, who is your brand? Who are they for? What's actually the personality of the brand? Um, you got to think about your brand like an individual. And once we got that tied down, how are we able to communicate? What language are we able to use with the audience? And I'm not talking about like, you know, do you speak French or Japanese? No, like everyday vernacular, right? So I can use myself for an example as far as this. I speak to a market of people that no one really paid attention to when it came to being young, Black, and in tech. There was not a lot of us. And then a woman, right? And a woman with a Southern accent. It was like, who, like, I'm very, very different compared to my other colleagues. And I didn't try and I didn't try and assimilate to be like them. I was like, no, I'm going to take this information, the jargon, the jargon, the terms, you know, the concepts, and I'm going to put it in terminology, I'm going to put it in language that my audience can understand with our slang, with our vocabulary, with 
um, examples or, you know, memory points, right, that we're all going to be able to relate to things that work well for my community. And so really, you can do that with anything. So if you're, let's say your target audience, you know, is like um, men who are in between the ages of 35 and 45 and they uh, have families and maybe they're they're the primary provider, right? Those men are going to have a different experience. They have different thoughts. They have different challenges. They have a totally different motivation than, let's say, a young man who's in between 18 and 25, single with no kids, and he's trying to figure out what he wants to do in the world, right? You can't speak the same language to those two groups, even though like they both, they, they're both male, right? Uh, they both are working. Um, they may both, they may all live in the same country, but that guy that's, you know, a family man that's in between 35 and 45 and he has kids and a wife and a mortgage and all that stuff is living a totally different life than the young man that's 22. You know, maybe he's traveling the world with a backpack through Europe. So that's what I mean when I mean like the same language, like you really got to understand your people and that's how you start to scale. And then once we have like a really deep understanding you should have a goal to try and meet at least a thousand new people every day on social media. And that's a small goal. I normally try and meet at least 10,000 new people a day on social media, just making them aware that I exist. I do that through hashtags. I do that through, you know, call to actions where I'm asking my audience to tag like their biz bestie or someone that will like this or find it interesting. I do it through my live streams and attracting new people to come in. And then on the back end, I run awareness campaigns and ads and I have have uh, three very set, you know, cold audiences of types of personalities and people that I'm looking to get in front of, right? And just offering them to come over and follow. So that's really the the base of scaling, like understanding who you're talking to, speaking to them in that language and creating an environment that they want to come back to and that they want to bring other people to. And once you're successful in doing that, at that point, you can start putting like an ad budget behind it, right? So you can, so you can um, kind of like supercharge or that that reach. Um, I, I think sometimes people go in thinking, here's my product. I'm just going to run a bunch of ads to it. And they end up losing, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars that way and becoming really frustrated and sometimes super discouraged. Okay. So that was actually the second part of my question, but you kind of alluded to it. So first and foremost, you're going to create that base of organic reach of understanding your community. And more than that, understanding what the vernacular is, like you mentioned, uh, of who is the community. You're going to speak to their language, to their realities, to their difficulties, to their successes, to their struggles in the time frame that they're at in that moment. And once you have that framework, then you can go ahead and put ads and so on. Now, we're talking about social in this regard. We're talking about the growth of it and how to build a, a community out of that. And we're going to talk about the business side of things, of how to leverage that community to make it into actual sales money for the business in a few seconds. But before doing so, I want to highlight the aspect of, are you... In the world of moving from one social to another in regards to which is the social that's the most hip, the most uh, uh, generating views organically, uh, or you're somebody that sticks to one and just masters that one and kind of rides the waves of that. And I'm kind of alluding to this right now, uh, Instagram being mm -hmm. probably one of the top ones being used, but now diminishing significantly the organic reach and the whole algorithm changing where some people might be frustrated about it and going to other sources such as TikTok or even YouTube shorts nowadays, or even LinkedIn in certain regards. So what's your ideology with that? 
Okay, so um, I, I think it's really important that we as entrepreneurs understand that our businesses need some flexibility, right? Um, channels are going to change, modalities are going to change, but, you know, the effect of the matter is you have to reach people, right? And the number one rule of marketing is be where the people are. Um, I don't think that it's wise to try and be everywhere unless you have a team, right? That's able to do that. Um, I always tell my clients, pick the platform social wise that you actually like. And we're going to learn everything about it. We're going to master it. We're going to utilize it to the fullest extent. The second platform that you should be focused on is you know, where do you think that idea audience is? So for instance, like it may be easier to go viral on TikTok right now, but if your core audience hangs out on LinkedIn, TikTok doesn't matter for you. You know what I mean? Unless you just enjoy it. You just want to do it for the sake of enjoying it or developing, you know, a space there. Um, if your audience really, 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 really loves YouTube, you would be crazy to not have a YouTube um, if that's where your target audience is, right? If that's where the avatar is hanging out. So pick one that you actually like and enjoy because it's going to be fun for you. Um, developing content ideas, you know, putting together some type of base structure, stuff like that. And then the second one should absolutely positively be focused on where that idea audience member is. Um, now, with that being said, we have to keep in mind that you know, everything changes. And if you're not evolving, your business is going to die. So, you know, if you see the, it, it's kind of like if you were on a ship and there was a gigantic hole in this ship and you saw the hole filling up with water, would you stay on the, on the ship and just drown on the ship? Or would you try and get off the ship or try and patch up the hole, right? So you're going to, I would hope you're going to try and do something and, and not just hang out on a sinking ship. Um, and so if you see like things are changing drastically, um, right? Because that happens. That That's a part of life. Something new comes in and it's time to learn the new technology. It's time to learn the new platform. Then of course, you know, you're going to make that move. And so um, I'm saying all that to say, like, I, I think TikTok is amazing. And I don't think it's going anywhere. You know, I didn't feel as strongly about like Clubhouse and stuff like that. But with TikTok, definitely, you know, you can see a shift of the of um, age demographic shifting there, right? At first, it was only for kids. And now you see all kinds of people of all ages on TikTok and people really enjoy it. And it does have more users. So on um, Instagram, for instance, when I get ready to go live, it'll say, you know, I don't know, a thousand of your followers are active right now or whatever, right? It's going to give you a number. Well, on TikTok, I literally have, Oh, maybe like a 12th of the following that I have on Instagram because on the gram, I'm a little over a million. I just kind of really started building my TikTok a few months ago. So I'm a little over 65, 66,000 over there. And even though it's a smaller following there, more of them are active, right? So on, I can get ready to go live on TikTok and I may have like 10,000 of my followers are active. They're actually on the platform compared to the thousand that are on Instagram at the time, right? Um, and so literally because of that, even though my Instagram platform has more followers, my TikTok platform is just as valuable with a smaller audience because they're more active on that platform on a regular yeah. basis, if that makes sense.
So looking at the activity of the platform too is really important. More so I feel than, um, you know, focusing kind of like on the algorithms. And so if we look at like users, right, and how engaged they are and how frequently they're on the platform, I would feel like, you know, right now YouTube and TikTok are winning. YouTube has been pretty constant, right, for decades at this point. 100%. So I love the way that you kind of broke that apart in regards to understanding the the spectrum of where you should be. And the fact that you said in the beginning, be where you love, because if you love a certain platform, you're going to have more fun creating there. And then understand the second one is probably be aware of where your clients are and spend more time there. And then thirdly was looking at the aspect of, hey, be aware of the of this, like what's happening with the society right now with that analogy I gave with the boat, right? If one is kind of leaking in and you're like, hey, what am I going to do? Shift towards something that's more happening. Just like you mentioned, you have a interesting following on Instagram, but you're like, hey, TikTok is kind of popping right now and it's not going anywhere. And you kind of alluded to the uh, clubhouse of this world and you notice, hey, you know what? TikTok is probably here to stay compared as the other ones that we're going to come up later. So spend some mm-hmm. time there in that regards. Uh, Ashley, so as you kind of, kind of told us your, your numbers in regards to the followings that you have on socials. How did you go about building that following in the beginning? How long did it take you time frame wise? Was there moments of insecurity, fear, or like, did you start off that knowing that, Hey, that was the goal or it just happened and you kind of grew into it. How did all of this happen? And then finally, how do you start leveraging your community? Now, granted, if you have a bigger community, it's easier somewhat to leverage that in sales with your products, with your services, your coaching and so on. But how do you go about doing that in the best way possible as you're growing your community, even though you don't have the hundreds of thousands of followers and so on? Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for saying that. So first thing first, like, like let's just get this out of the way. Just because you're popular does not mean you're prosperous. Always teach my clients prosperity over popularity, prosperity over popularity, prosperity over popularity. There's so many people that come to me with these massive followings and they cannot figure out how to monetize their platform. Mm-hmm. Um, I started, I normally start monetizing um, all of my platforms a little bit, somewhere around 2000 followers, sometimes a little under, sometimes a little over. And so what it's really about is having some type of structure. Um, your tree is going to be like super important. Um, You will see a huge increase in your sales because it's easier for people to find what they need. Having a really good, you know, soft offer, your lead magnet, I call it your free 99. Um, And it has to correlate with whatever that core offer is or the paid offer, because you got to get away to communicate with people outside of social media platforms. Your social media platform, when it comes to monetization, should be nothing more than a way to meet new people. It's the awareness portion of your funnel and then working on developing the relationship because, you know, you're having daily interactions with your clientele. But a lot of us that make a lot of money on social media, especially um, through selling our own, you know, products or services, or if you have like a podcast or something digital, or even if you're trying to move traffic, you know, into your store or something like that. It's because we build insane lists. And if you're not using a text messaging list, like go do it yesterday. You're behind. Um, Email marketing is dope because you can get a little bit more involved. You can, you know, get into greater detail. But the reality of the situation, text is where it's at, especially when you're looking at millennials and Gen Z, Um, maybe even Gen X. Um, We have our phones with us a lot. 
<laughs> a lot. Um, so, so being able to send a text message and say, Hey, you know, come to the store today, you know, we're doing a 25% off special or drop by after work, you know, and you get a free glass of wine or whatever it is you're doing is major power. So every, literally every time I send out an email and every time I send out a text message, I make money. Um, and I try and send out at least one email a week and then we will resend to unopens. Um, normally like, you know, maybe like two days after we'll resend to the unopens. Um, and then on the text message side, I text my, I text my people at least three, four times a week and they love it. Um, so that, that's the first thing you got to get some way to talk to these people outside of the social media platforms, because as you mentioned earlier, the algorithms are always changing. And so just because someone follows you doesn't mean that they saw the content that you posted. Um, the next thing after we kind of get the front end of the system together, right, having a tree and then having somewhere to move people into, you have to have paid offers immediately. Even if no one buys them, people need to know that they can participate with you through purchase. So I don't, I don't care if it's something that's only $5, but it, there needs to be something there that someone knows that they can purchase something from you so as you're building up this relationship and you're offering value right and they go and they get your free 99 guess what on that confirmation page you should say hey i'm really excited you're a part of my community now thank you for getting your free xyz elemental p here are a couple tips on how to use it and if you want to know more about it i have this really awesome kit or ebook or course or whatever it is that you have, right? If you want to get deeper involved, if you want to take this to the next level, boom, here's something for it, right? Um, and if you really, really, really want to drive those sales, then add a timer, okay? Um, on there, maybe give them 15 minutes to buy and say, because you're a part of my community now, you get this great deal for 50% off, right? Um, and then guess what? I followed up in the initial email on the automation. I'm going to come back to you in the first email. Here's your free thing that I offered you. Here's a couple of tips. And by the way, if you want to get deeper into this information, or if you want to, you know, your next step is going to be this, here's this product to be able to do it with. So having like those automated offers built into your system is going to be key to monetizing quickly. And then to answer, um, how do you build up your following for me personally? live streaming and I try and post at least four times a day. It worked like a charm for me and I was able to build up pretty rapidly. Wow. And is that strategy still valid? The four times a day live it, streaming? It's like, it, uh, maybe... four, yeah, four times a day on TikTok for sure. And before somebody goes, oh my God, I can't do that. Y'all TikTok is not all about learning dance routines and transitions. Um, you know, it's just more of like having an authentic uh, connection with people, even if you're, you know, just talking in the camera while you're pouring your morning cup of coffee. Um, but literally you post that one piece of content, new content that day. And when people come inside of your comment section, just respond to the comments with video responses. Do that three times. There's your four posts that day. Um, it doesn't have to be anything too complicated. Um, then the next thing, uh, and everyone says this, but it's true, engaging, like responding to those comments is major on every single platform. The more comments you can respond to, the more DMs that you have going on, the more people are saving your content. It's going to be your friend and a really easy way to get reached. These platforms love people that live stream because we keep the users on the platform. And so if you're live streaming, they're going to send more traffic your way. Interesting. Okay. 
Ashley, I mean, I feel like our time is kind of coming up here and we could talk until tomorrow morning <laughs> about this concept and you're very well versed on it. And I do feel like we're going to have another conversation in the future about all this. But there's a couple of questions that I want to ask you before uh, we kind of uh, finish this podcast here. And my next one is, it's very obvious that you're successful. You're very well-spoken, by the way, and you know what you're talking about in regards to the social right. world. You've kind of, you know, taken your, I'm sure, your, your scratches, your bumps and your bruises. That's why you're so uh, well-versed in this regards. And we learn a lot from people's successes, as we've been talking about your success, as people know their success. But I truly believe you learn so much more from your own failures and other people's failures and mm -hmm. difficulties. So my question to you, right now within your business, what is something that's going not as good or can be optimized or there is a certain difficulty right now within your business? And how do you go about fixing that? So what is there something that you have within your business right now that's a problem? And how do you want to go about fixing it? Oh, I can answer this easy. Every time I get ready to scale is always a challenge. Always. Not the front facing stuff, like the messaging, the products, the target, that stuff is easy. Once you get into having to build those internal systems and finding the right people, placing them in the right department, making sure that they can understand the concepts of how, like the quality, right? So there's a really big culture. Um, I don't even call my followers followers. It makes me uncomfortable. I feel like I attract leaders, right? So they're the kingdom and that's how we address them. And so, you know, I have to have somebody that can get in there and understand how important my people are to me. If you come on and you just feel like, oh, this is another customer, whatever, whatever, you're not going to make it on my team, you know, and we're probably going to end up parting ways if I see any indication of that because it's so important to me that my audience feels important. I don't care if they only bought a $7 product for me. The rest of the world is treating them like they're not important, right? And so when they, when they come around, when they're interacting with me or anyone in my company, I want them to feel important. And so I know that seems like a really simple thing, but I'm going to tell you this, you cannot pay someone to care. doesn't matter what the salary is. That's a thing either some people have innately or they don't. And so because of that, it takes me a lot longer to find team members than, than other people. And so I, um, I would almost rather have someone that doesn't know anything that has that just natural characteristic of they care about people and how they make people feel. And then I can train them or teach them. Right. And then you get the second issue of, well, people will lie on their resumes and they'll say that they can do things that they cannot do. Right. And sometimes even if you're going through tests, even with the interview process, even, you know, with, you know, you can do like skills assessments or different queries and stuff and hey, like solve this problem or give them situational scenarios. You know, people can talk the right answer in theory, but when it comes time to do it, oh, we, we've had that issue before too. People coming in that lie and say they know how to do stuff and, and they have no idea how to do it. Um, <laughs> uh, and also... Um, I'll be honest when you're, when you're scaling and you're looking at kind of like weak spots or areas of opportunity in your organization, getting someone that can get in and get acclimated 
And then once they're acclimated, being able to grow that department or that division, because when you start, when your company starts growing, right, it was a lot easier to manage when it was just me. And then it was easier to manage when I just had three other people. And then one day I had 10 people, right? Then we had 16 people. Then we had 40 people. And now all of a sudden you have to have like HR departments and, you know, all this, you, you have all this other stuff, right? So it's trying to keep the the culture and the quality there because I don't get to answer every text message. It, you know, I don't get to take every discovery call anymore. I don't get to, you know, respond to every comment. And so sometimes there are other people there and they may not handle that situation the way that you would handle the situation, right? So the process of really like getting someone acclimated to your culture, training them, um, making sure that they understand the values of your company and how you want your customer treated, right? It's kind of like quality control, even with like shipping out packages. The bigger the company gets, the more challenging it is to make sure that that is happening in every area. When you start and it's just you or just you and your husband or you and your best friend, it's really easy to control it because you guys are doing everything. But as the company starts growing, right, and all of a sudden you went from making $100,000 to you made, you know, $3 million, then you went from that to $10 million and so on and so on. Well, there are more people now inside of here and you know, when you're dealing with a human element, it is what it is. And sometimes it's great and sometimes it's not. So um, that every time I've scaled, every time we've gone like up and I'm like, okay, I want to hit this new goal. That's always the challenge. And honestly, and I've experienced it, you know, enough times. So I just know it's normal. There, It's almost like stationary. Like even, even with your profit, your profit is affected because now you're putting more money into the business to develop these people, to develop these systems, their trainings, whatever's going on. So you're like bleeding money in the back end. You know, you're like out, out, out. But it's okay because you're going to get a return on your investment. Um, and so when you're first kind of starting from that one to three or that one to five employees, it can freak somebody out because you're, you don't know. No, right. It's a new experience for you. And you're like, oh, my God, everything's so expensive. But it comes back. <laughs> it, come, it comes back to you. But um, I, I can tell you, like, right off, that's that's definitely uh, a challenging. Right. And I can't tell you how, how many lessons, expensive lessons I've learned in that process. <laughs> OK, so you gave so many great, like, yeah, you, you kind of gave a mouthful of them, but it was so valuable because it really did show, like, people see people succeed financially with their business, with having employees, but they don't get the gist of how much work it is to hire people, to have a culture, how to cultivate that. Like you said, when you're lean and mean by yourself or a smaller business, like you alluded to by yourself or with your husband or with your best friend, it's one thing. But once the organization grows to 40, 100 X amount of people, it's really difficult to have your pulse on that and kind of bring that to the next level. And I felt it in a small way. I'm blessed enough to have seven employees in my business right now. And as I'm adding on, I'm seeing that reality. And the only thing that I've seen, mm -hmm. Ashley, because I've made the same mistakes that you mentioned of like hiring the wrong people, have to go through people, understanding what they say potentially in their CV or they're overselling their talents. And it's not the reality. What I've noticed as much as possible is hire with the ideology that they're coming on for the mission and vision of the organization. They're not working for mm -hmm. Christopher Dedian. They're not working for Ashley Ann. Those are given names by our parents. They're working for the That's cause. Right. 
So once you know what the cause is, then you find people that have different talents and skill sets that can move that cause forward. Then it's going to be so much more of an engaged community member and colleague within your business in itself. Uh, so actually, I mean, like I said, there's a lot to unpack here. There were so many great things that you mentioned over here. Uh, the last question that I have for you is after hearing this great podcast, if people are interested to connect with you, to know more about you, to know potentially, hey, how can I become a customer of yours to help them grow to that next level with their socials and sales? Where's the best place that they could connect with you? Yeah, thank you for asking. So I wanted to leave a gift for everyone um, that's listening. I At least once a month, I try and do a training on a Sunday. Um, and I'll I cover everything from, you know, building up a following to the system that we actually use to monetize, like all the way down to the blueprint to social media sales. Um, so if you go to planwithashleyann.com, um, you can go over and I'll have a, I always have a little calendar and a timer so you can see when the next training is. Um, but y'all can go totally for free. Now, I will warn you, this is an intense training. This is not like a little uh, webinar where I'm going to dangle a carrot in front of your face for an hour. No, this is not. Like We actually train. We're there from three to five hours. I do my best to try and answer every question I can at the end. But we, yeah, like I'm actually going through systems, softwares. We're breaking down like the backside of the funnels, um, what's changing inside of social media, you know, what you should be doing to convert. Um, we're going through post strategies, all sorts of types of like actual real tangible information. So you put together a system or have your team put the system together. Um, and I'm, I'm doing this to get all of the really all the false information. There's a lot of false information that's out there. Um, it's just the reality of the situation. So um, if you're interested in really learning, you know, how we're able to scale up social media pages and accounts and turn followers into buyers, you know what I mean? And turning them into six, seven and eight figure businesses, come to the training, go to planwithashleyann.com. And um, outside of that, I have a commas club and you can text me um, and I will let you know what I'm doing um, when I have like live events or any type of like smaller free, you know, live stream training or anything like that. Uh, text the word commas with a K to 501-285-8966 or just come and follow me on the grammar TikTok at King Ashley Ann. Ashley. That is amazing. Thank you for that offer. It sounds very interesting. Just that webinar that you kind of mentioned too, it's not going to be an hour dangling a carrot, but it's legit like three to five hours of actual content. I think that's highly valuable. Yeah. Everything you mentioned will be in the show notes below. So guys, I definitely suggest go ahead and listen it from this uh, brief conversation that we had together. I definitely see that you do know your stuff. So once again, thank you very much for being on the show. I am sure this is not the, the last you. time and uh, it was definitely a pleasure. Christopher Devian here. Thank you so much for listening to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. If you're a successful entrepreneur or intrapreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot of your phone, text it to a friend, or post it on the socials. If you know somebody that could be a great guest, please tag them on social media to let them know about this program. And don't forget to include the hashtag Peak Performance Greatness. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We regularly put out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episode, go ahead and click that subscribe button. 
Your thumbs up, rating, and review go a long way to help us promote this show, and it would mean a lot to me as well as my team. You want to know more? Go ahead and visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or my YouTube channel at Christopher Didier. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Have a blessed and grateful day.